What is going on, everybody? Welcome back into the Hangout in the Holy Land, the official podcast of LandGrantHolyLand.com. My name is Colton Denning, and I am your host, coming to you from Boulder, Colorado, on Tuesday, August 1st, 2017. We are officially in football season, and now that it's closing in, we've started these 2017 Ohio State Opponent Preview Series podcast. First four you can listen to on soundcloud.com slash Land or by searching The Hangout in the Holy Land on Apple Podcasts, so be sure to go do that and subscribe to the show. And today marks the first installment of getting into Big Ten Conference play, and today we're going to talk about the Rutgers Scarlet Knights and their second season under head coach Chris Ash. So to do that, I am joined by the managing editor for SB Nation's Rutgers blog on the banks. His name is Aaron Brightman. Aaron, what's happening, man? How you doing, Colton? Thanks for having me on and uh, looking forward to the start of the season. Yeah, start of the season for you guys was pretty much today with fall camp beginning. What's the, uh, what, what was the talk today after, after the first day of fall practice for Rutgers? Well, I think fans are obviously, you know, uh, excited partly to move on from, from last year, uh, which was pretty tough. And, and really the last two seasons has been very difficult. Uh, with a fallout from uh, former coach Kyle Flood and then uh, Chris Ash's first season. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of optimism that progress will be made this season. And uh, there's been a lot of infusion of talent, you know, mo- a lot from the grad transfer front. Ash has added a lot of talent that way. And uh, it's been our best recruiting class coming in in several years. And uh, there'll be a lot of opportunity for them to play right away. So uh, while expectations aren't sky high, you know, uh, Rutgers fans definitely think that uh, this will be a season that we'll see a lot of positive development and hopefully a strong foundation built for the future. Chris Ash is a familiar name for Ohio State fans, and he took over the program last year. You mentioned the struggles. Rutgers goes 2-10, and 10, goes 0-9 in conference play, but a lot of people are really excited about what he's brought to that program culturally, and then we'll get into the defense here in a little bit. But what do Rutgers fans think of the job that Chris Ash has done so far? I think, you know, uh, people are... Uh, I think there's definitely still a crowd, to be honest. That's that's a little wait and see still. But I think overall, it's very hard to uh, not be pleased with how he has changed the culture and how he's built the structure of just in terms of preparation and how, how they do everything, you know, and, and, and competition obviously has been the really the, the top of everything he's stressing uh, in everything they do uh, academically, off the field, uh, on the field. And, um, you know, in terms of culture, you know, uh, the quality of of players and and men that are in the program now and how they've represented the program and the school obviously has been, uh, you know, a huge improvement from from the previous uh, 2015. So people are very proud of that. He's also generated a lot of confidence in the donor base that traditionally has not been a strong donor base. The practice facility actually being dedicated this coming Sunday. Uh, named after former Rutgers great Marco Battaglia as uh, an $8 million practice facility that really is state-of-the-art and, and something that the program's never had. So they also have a, a new weight room that was uh, completed uh, last year. So, uh, you know, that kind of development and uh, facility improvements really breed confidence that, you know, things really are moving in the right direction. Obviously, it's going to take, a, uh, you know, some time. But I think in terms of where he has brought the direction, for the future, and also for me personally, uh, how he's improved the coaching staff 
and what he's learned from his mistakes, I think are really encouraging. What do you think the biggest differences in the program are right now compared to this time last year heading into his first fall practices? I think something that, you know, is, is priceless is is the players know what to expect of them. The coaching staff of Ash and, and what's really expected of them. And I think having that year to learn and, and to grow football-wise, but also strength and, and conditioning-wise, but in everything, you know, uh, as I'm, I, I know that Urban Meyer does with Ohio State, I mean, it's it's a very comprehensive program, you know, from the nutrition. Believe it or not, Rutgers never even had, you know, uh, anywhere for the players to eat off hours, you know. So he's made, you, you know, the program was, was really on a, you know, I guess you could say, you know, years behind uh, what a power, a Big Ten type program should be. And he's in a very short time really brought things up to, uh, I don't want to say par with Ohio State in terms of all the facilities and, and nowhere near that. But, you know, I think mid- middle-level Big Ten, I think he's he's got them, you know, on track to, to be there pretty quickly. I want to get into some of the things that Chris Ash maybe learned from Urban Meyer in his time as Ohio State's defensive coordinator while he was here. And one of the things for me and probably a lot of Ohio State fans that stood out in the six years that Meyers had the job is how much culture in the talk of things off the field are talked about and are kind of preached within the program. And one thing that I noticed when doing research for this was that Rutgers theme this year is hashtag the hunt on Twitter. And Chris Ash is really pushing that And Ohio state fans have seen that most notably in 2014 with the chase. And then there's been slogans every other year, but there always seems to be this cultural mindset for the program for whatever current year that's in. How much of Rutgers' turnaround do you think is going to be those unintangible things and whether Ash can build a strong culture at Rutgers? I think it's very important. I think it helps unify the direction of the, of the entire team. I think it uh, gives them a bond in terms of a, a unified focus. And, and also, I mean, let's be honest, you know, they, I think he's realistic about where their, their, their place is in the conference right now. And um, I, I think he's, you know, using the hunt as really a motivator for them to go out and really have to prove themselves. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it's it's a positive thing. They even went a step further and they made a hype video uh, that came out about a week ago. We posted it on on, on the banks. But, um, you know, it really goes a step further. You have Janarian Grant in the woods in uniform. And, you know, he really took it a step further and, and fans loved it. And I think from a player perspective, it really seems like they've bought in. You know, there are really minimal transfers uh, in the past year after, uh, you know, him taking over and, 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 and the 2016 season being over. But they've added a lot of new faces and, and players um, that have a lot of talent. And uh, I think it's now a matter of just getting that culture to really bear the fruit of that culture that he's laid in the last year and get everybody to take that next step forward. Getting into this year's team, let's start with the offense. And Rutgers was pretty bad offensively last year. They finished 125th in offensive S&P Plus, and offensive coordinator Drew Merringer, who was at Ohio State, heads on over to Texas with Tom Herman, and Rutgers brings in former Minnesota head coach Jerry Kill as its new offensive coordinator. How do you feel about that hire? It seems like everybody's pretty excited, and do you think that there's going to be any major shift in philosophy for their offense this year? First of all, thank you for reliving all those numbers. Uh, I love hearing <laughs> all those statistics. But uh, <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, yeah, I think really Ash's biggest mistake his first year, I think, was was going a bit overboard with 
you know, the, the up and coming uh, assistant coaches, I think he needed more of a veteran presence around him. And I think, you know, no offense to Marringer. I, I know he has a bright future, but it was pretty obvious that he was in over his head. Now, that's not to say, you know, there, there obviously were depth and talent issues with the unit. But um, I think that for fans, it was frustrating because it was very much trying to fit a, a round peg into a square hole at times. You know, Rutgers has been a pro-style offense for over a decade. And uh, obviously, Ash wants to change that and, and go into the spread. But, you know, that's something that I think he learned pretty quickly. You know, needs to be, you know, a gradual and flexible process. And I think that's what Jerry Kill brings is that experience. You know, he's been on the record several times already talking about, you know, the offense will be dictated by the, the personnel that's on the team. And, and however he, he deems, you know, it being utilized the best, that's the kind of offense he's going to have. I think Rutgers fans will see a more traditional offense this year. I think there will definitely be a lot more spread elements than um, a traditional pro style. But I think that, you know, he's bringing back the fullback. He's bringing back the use of the tight end, um, which were both were non-existent last year. And unless you have, you know, as you know, a dominant offensive line, you know, it can cause a lot of issues. And, it, you know, as you know, Last year, it was very hard for them even to get things going at all against uh, elite defenses. I'm glad you brought up that difference between the spread and the more traditional offense in what Marringer likes to do and what Ash wanted to do last year compared to Jerry Kill's history and what he has done because Matt Brown and I were talking about this when they made the hire and we kind of had some skepticism given that Rutgers seems like there's one of the they're one of those teams that at least as of right now is working at a talent deficiency in the Big Ten East and playing that physical Minnesota type of football week in and week out against teams like Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, and Michigan doesn't seem like the best option. So do you think that there is at least somewhat of a legitimate concern about that? Or is it like you're saying it's going to be gradual and we're not going to see exactly what we might have seen from Kill's offenses in Minnesota. There's going to be a mix of ideas. I, I think that. I think there will definitely be a mix. I think, you know, uh, I mean, from a Rutgers perspective, having Janarian Grant back is, you know, really everything. You know, even with Marringer and the deficiencies the offense had last year, obviously they didn't really get too far into Big Ten play with Grant. But even against Iowa, you know, uh, they, they were able, you know, he, he's such a dynamic playmaker that when you have him in the fold, you know, it really is, is a game changer. So I think having him back, but I think also, you know, they have a lot more talent at the skill positions this year. But I think it really all starts and goes back to the offensive line. I, I agree with you that, you know, I don't think they have the type of offensive line that they can just afford to play smash mouth football and think that they're going to be able to go down the field running against Big Ten defenses. I, I don't think that, but I also don't think that kill uh, that will be his approach. I think it'll definitely be a, a mix of ideas and, and, and schemes. And I think it's really going to be very dependent on how he game plans, you know, per opponent week by week. But I think overall, I, I, I think the most encouraging thing is, is, you know, what he's emphasized, which is he, he's going to base the offense on how he thinks that they could be successful. And he's not, he's not bound to any one uh, set idea, which last year, uh, I mean, Marringer was unabashedly, you know, uh, sticking to one philosophy and week after week when you just saw the terrible results, it was definitely uh, disheartening for fans. Probably the main reason that offense was so bad last year was just a lack of having a quarterback. And now Louisville grad transfer quarterback Kyle Bolin comes in and 
it seems like there's going to be a quarterback competition, but would it be a shock if he doesn't win the job? You know, I, I wouldn't say it would be a shock if he doesn't win. I think everyone is, you know, considering him the favorite and uh, expected. And as I wrote uh, recently, you know, he obviously, Kyle Bowen didn't come to Rutgers to, to not start. So he, you know, and Ash has praised him in terms of uh, his leadership and his preparation and how he's approached things. Ash actually made the analogy of um, when he was at Wisconsin, when Russell Wilson transferred in and he sat with Bolin and kind of talked to him about how, how Wilson approached that year. And Ash has said, you know, he feels like Bolin has taken the same kind of approach and steps in preparing for this season. Um, I, I think the wild card, uh, which Rutgers fans are excited about, is, is uh, incoming freshman Jonathan Lewis, a uh, three-star recruit. He did... Um, you know, he, he is only a three-star, but he had a very uh, very good high school career in New Jersey. He, he did really well in the opening, almost making the finals. And, um, you know, he, he's, he's huge. He's 6'4". Uh, he's physically uh, ready. And while I don't think that they necessarily want to throw him in the fire, I think that, you know, uh, he's definitely uh, advanced for an incoming freshman. I, I would be very surprised. I'd be more surprised if we didn't see any of Lewis this year as opposed to Bowling not starting. I do think Bolin will start the year and I think he'll be the primary quarterback, but I think we'll see some uh, flashes of, of Lewis mixed in as well, uh, especially with Bolin, you know, only having one year left. Running back Robert Martin was the best player on the offense last year and a lot of Ohio State fans or Big Ten fans probably don't even know who the guy is, but he was pretty good when everything was falling down around him, averaged over five and a half yards per carry, almost five highlight yards per opportunity and over 600 yards do you expect him to kind of be that bell cow guy again for them this year and who are some other names to watch out for on the Rutgers offense to help him out well the encouraging thing is that the running back position is definitely one of the more uh, deeper position groups uh, on the entire team Robert Martin you know uh, had a tremendous freshman year and uh, has has had uh, his moments uh, since last year he did a you know, about midway through the season, he was right near the, the leaderboard in the Big Ten for yards per carry, but really uh, kind of fell off at, at the second half of the season. And I, I think uh, one thing that, you know, I think is a huge factor for this team is the new coach uh, for the running backs, which is Lester Herb, who Big Ten fans will probably remember, uh, has a long history at Iowa. And, and that was another position group where last year, you know, they had a first-time uh, assistant coach at this level. And I think that uh, it showed I think that the group uh, didn't have the type of kind of unity that you would hope to see. But I think with Robert Martin and then his uh, Josh Hicks, who's also going to be a senior, they've come in together and they've been in tandem pretty much their whole careers uh, and have had ups and downs together. Um, I think they're uh, definitely solid uh, duo. I think Martin definitely has a chance to, to be the guy. But a sleeper pick is also Miami grad transfer Gus Edwards, um, who had little bit of an up and down career himself with, with the Hurricanes, but I think he could come in and, and be a factor. And I think between the three of them, you know, what Kill was saying after practice, he, you know, he's not afraid to use all three of them. And I think that, you know, in some combination, we'll probably see a, a mix of all three. I feel like no matter what, the offense can't be worse than last year, but how much <laughs> improvement do you expect from them? And what do you think a good offensive improvement for them would be in 2017? Well, I think you have to be realistic. I think obviously, you know, uh, I think obviously I'm not partial, but I think there are some exciting pieces that have been added. I think Bolin, you know, is intriguing. I think uh, with, with Martin back and healthy and adding in a Gus Edwards, I think in the receiver front, having Janarian Grant healthy again and back, 
They've added Damon Mitchell, a grad transfer from Arkansas, and Juwan Harris, who actually plays baseball as well and led the Big Ten in seals two years ago. You know, he was kind of the only receiver left after Grant got hurt. And then incoming freshman Bo Melton, who was a four-star recruit. He had, he had a, a lot of high major offers, power five offers. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do off the bat. So I think there's a lot more talent on the front line um, in terms of uh, skill positions. What I can, am concerned about is the offensive line, you know, both in the depth and particularly in the right side. Uh, so, um, you know, I think that uh, I think progress should absolutely be expected. But, you know, another thing that that really was a reciprocal effect last season was was pending the defense, you know, and the defense was much improved under Ash last year. The statistics won't exactly tell that story. But, you know, when you as you know, not that you experience this as a Ohio State fan, but when you do it to other teams, when, you know, uh, there's six and seven, three and outs, uh, you know, you just wear that defense down. And that's really what happened with the Rutgers defense last year. I think they showed a lot of improvement. But I think from a Rutgers perspective, if the offense can just be average, you know, and put up uh, 20 points a game, uh, hopefully a little bit more than that, and, uh, you know, be able to put some some drives together and, and keep the defense off the field and, uh, you know, help with field position, I think, um, you know, it'll be a huge improvement. Man, if they can even get an average offensive performance this season, they should be able to pair it with a pretty good defense. Rutgers, I think, was very solid last year, ranking 56th in defensive S&P Plus, and Ohio State's fans saw firsthand how good of a defensive coach Chris Ash is in his two years here. But was it surprising to see them be so solid last year, especially when, like you're saying, they got absolutely no help from their offense? And then secondly, what's the outlook for 2017? Yeah, I think it was definitely encouraging. Um, Obviously, as the season went along, you know, they really started to wear down. And, um, you know, uh, I, I think that that was obviously discouraging to some fans. But I think, yeah, big picture when you look at it, and what Ash inherited, I mean, there's definitely a lot of talent in the secondary. I think their cornerbacks, uh, Blasson Austin and Isaiah Wharton, have a chance to be really, really good. I think Austin could really have a breakout season. And they're, uh, the safeties with uh, Key Hester back and Saquon Hampton, you know, th- those guys were all thrown into, all four of them were thrown into the fire as freshmen two years ago. You know, I think they've really learned from it. I think, you know, it was a blessing. Uh, Obviously, it wasn't pretty when they were freshmen getting uh, lit up back there. But I think that, you know, you started to see the progress they were making last year. And I think, uh, you know, it should be expected for them to make a lot more progress this year. All three linebackers last year, you know, were thrown into the mix, had never started before. They suffered a lot of injuries in that area. Greg Jones was a fifth-year senior. He got hurt at the Ohio State game, missed the rest of the season. And, and that's really last year, and, and, and my theme for this season, it's, it's all about establishing the depth. When Rutgers, you know, against Iowa, I mean, they went toe-to-toe with Iowa. They lost by a touchdown. But, you know, when Quanzel Lambert on the defensive line and Janarian Grant went down, two of their best players, that's when things really spiraled out of control. And when you don't have that depth to step up and replace those guys, that, that, that's the biggest issue with Rutgers. So I think finding that, that too deep, you know, finding freshmen and, and newcomers that can, can establish depth, you know, especially on the defense, I think will go a long way. And, you know, listen, they, they were they were awful against the best teams in the Big Ten. But, you know, they lost by, by seven points or less to three different Big Ten teams last year. So uh, with the schedule they have and, and having, you know, Purdue at home at Illinois, there's some games on there. Obviously, those fan bases are looking at us as a win as well. But I, I, I think that, you know, there's definitely an opportunity for them to jump up uh, – a few wins 
this season. You mentioned Rutgers being strong in the secondary, particularly at corner with Blasson Austin and Isaiah Wharton. Is the most important thing for them defensively this year getting that secondary help from the defensive line to make sure that those guys aren't having to cover four or five seconds every time they get to a third down? Yeah, absolutely. But but really what the issue was last year, you know, um, and, and we've even <laughs> at the site, you know, we have certain fans that have argued about certain positive passing statistics that the defense put up last year. But what they're not taking into account is uh, that a lot of teams didn't need to pass against Rutgers last year, that they just ran at will. And I think that to me is the biggest concern with the defensive line. Obviously, we lost two uh, very good veterans in, in um, Julian Penix Addicts and uh, Keith uh, Keith Hamilton, Darius Hamilton, his father is Keith. I'm dating myself there, but uh, uh, those were two guys that were staples on the defensive line for a long time. So they're gone now, but I think there's a lot of talent on the defensive line, but it, it really needs to mesh well together. But I think, yeah, being able to, to stop the run and uh, force teams to throw into that secondary could really end up being a strength for Rutgers. So I think that's, that's a huge key. All right, let's get into one of my favorite players in all of college football and on this Rutgers team. You mentioned him earlier, Janarian Grant. If you guys don't know about him, you need to go to YouTube or wherever to watch highlights of this guy. Kick returner, punt returner. He was out early in the season last year. He has eight total kickoff and punt return touchdowns. What does he mean just from a cultural perspective of getting him back for that program and then on the field wise, because they were so bad on special teams last year. Absolutely. I, I mean, for me, the biggest thing that Janarian Grant brings uh, Rutgers fans is hope. You know, when he's on the field, there's hope that anything can happen. You know, in 2000, actually his first play of his college career, he took a hundred yard kickoff back for a touchdown at Fresno state. And that was his first play ever with Rutgers. So he, he obviously, you know, became a fan favorite pretty quickly Two years ago against Washington State at home in 2015, he had 339 yards, all-purpose yards in the game. He's had flashes. The frustration of Rutgers fans has been we really haven't had an offensive coordinator that 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 got the most out of him. Um, Marringer, to his credit, you know what was uh, utilizing him quite a bit last year, but to be honest, I almost felt he was overusing him because defenses were just really starting to, to key on him. And they were, you know, they were throwing slants and screens where he couldn't even get off the line of scrimmage because there was no other threat on offense. So I think having more talent around him is really going to be uh, a great uh, asset for him. But on the field, yeah, I mean, he's he's dynamic, he's electric. Um, in terms of a returner, you know, he's a threat to score anytime he gets the ball uh, kicked to him. And uh, I think special teams in general is, is a huge need for improvement from this team you know it was especially painful for Rutgers fans because the last decade you know really one of our strengths was special teams we led the country in, in blocks I think in, in an eight-year period uh, we we're getting like four or five blocks a year um, but it was something that the program took pride in so to see special teams fall apart the way they did last year and be such a you know a detriment to the program and, and the team it was painful to watch so getting him back is going to be huge but on offense you know He's, he really is dynamic. I mean, he uh, threw a t he's thrown touchdown passes. He's caught them. He's run them. He really can do it all. And uh, I think that anytime he's on the field, opposing teams are going to have to pay attention to him. And really, I think that will help open up some opportunities for other players as well. We talked about the issues with the passing game, and you mentioned the big problem with the run defense last year. But with the special teams, and you guys wrote a post on that, which we'll link to in the blog post for this podcast, about Ash bringing up special teams and, and that needing to be an important piece for them. Do you think that maybe 
it's not the most important thing for them to focus on, but when you're a team in a position that Rutgers is right now where you're trying to, to fight back after a couple of very negative seasons, that being able to win those field position battles and, and take pride in being a good special teams program, like you were saying that they were for all of those years. Do you think that maybe that's one of the most important things for them this year is to try to get even in those hidden yards? Definitely. I think when you're a team like Rutgers, you know, you, you need, you need an edge somewhere. And I think special teams is, is an area that, you know, potentially you could have an edge just in terms of the intangibles from there and, you know, working on field position and, and now having Grant back, you know, to run kicks back. But I think also where, where it's going to be key is, is getting the freshman on the field. I think that Ash will use that as a big selling point to the incoming freshman. And I think that, you know, that infusion of talent and, you know, they're going to be hungry out there to make a difference. Um, you know, today I, I had the article you referenced was, you know, specifically he, he was talking about the linebackers and the need to uh, get quality linebacker play on special teams in terms of kick coverage, which is something that they really missed last year because, you know, the depth at linebacker was so thin. Um, they weren't able to have those types of uh, position players on, on special teams. So I think it's, it's definitely a huge thing. And I think that, you know, uh, Rutgers has a, a long tradition of special teams, you know, I'm sure Ohio State fans will remember Leonte Crew, you know, uh, one of the best receivers in Rutgers history. His, his freshman year, he exclusively played special teams. So, um, you know, we, we have that tradition of, of freshmen coming in and making a difference on special teams and kind of earning their keep. You know, Ash has said before in terms of, you know, newcomers earning their keep on special teams and kind of proving themselves with that unit before they really get involved in offense or defense. And I, I, I love that part of, of the culture that he's created with that. So, um, yeah, I think there's a huge opportunity. They've also brought in um, uh, new players on, on in terms of punters, kickers, long snappers. You know, he's upgrading talent in every way he can. And I love how he's building depth, uh, which will only strengthen competition. In Bill Connolly's season preview for Rutgers, the theme seemed to be that as long as there's improvement this season – there will be pieces and experience heading into 2018 to have a good team. Do you think that that's the general feeling amongst Rutgers fans is, hey, recruiting's going better. We had signed one of the best classes in program history in the 2017 class. Let's see some improvement this year. And then third year, Chris Ash, boom, that's when we make that jump. I think that's the hope. And I think that it's it's a fair expectation. I think that to be honest, after last season, it was it was tough to swallow. I think some fans are definitely a little apprehensive or, or cautious to be too optimistic. But um, I think that, yeah, I think that's about right. I think as, as long as we see forward progress this year, I think that, you know, if they can get a couple uh, conference wins, I think if they can be more competitive against the Big Ten elite, I, I think that overall the fan base will be happy and, and feel like things are moving in the right direction. You know, recruiting-wise, it's definitely been more of a challenge this year coming off of that two and 10 season. Although I think, you know, to, to the staff's credit, you know, they have a pretty solid class of uh, 15 commits right now, 13, three star, um, nothing, you know, sensational, but they're hovering in the, you know, in the forties right now in the rankings. Um, but I think that that's really what makes this season so crucial. I think you need to be able to show that progress on the field to, to, to sell to recruits. So it's not just a vision, but the vision starting to come to fruition on the field. You know, and call me crazy, but I think with, with Illinois and Purdue back-to-back in early October after the Ohio State game, there's a possibility that they could, who knows, end up winning those, both of those games and with uh, two other non-conference games 
aside from Washington, if, if they're sitting four and three in mid-October, the narrative would, would change so much overnight in terms of, of the hope and, and, and recruiting wise. So um, while I, I, I still don't think that, you know, I think I agree that they are at least a year away from, from really seriously uh, challenging for a bowl game. I think that things uh, definitely uh, are on the uh, uh, up and up, and I, I hope to see that this year. I don't think beating Illinois is out of the question, given how bad they look. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, honestly, that was, for me, that loss last year was so depressing because it was like, you know, it, we were it, it was close, but it fell apart at the end there. But to have them at home and to have them going through similar struggles and then to, to you know, lose by multiple scores was uh, pretty frustrating. So, I think, but you know, listen. I mean, they went to Minnesota last year, and Minnesota was a solid team, and they lost by a point on a last-second field goal. So there, there are flashes there. I think, um, like you said, Rutgers fans just need to see more of it and, and a little more complete play there. So I, I do think Purdue is going to be improved, but yet they have them at home on homecoming the week after Illinois. So you know, and there's a bye week right before then. So uh, I think the schedule's laid out about as good as it can be for them. Obviously, you can't expect them to win every game that's potentially winnable. But I think four wins needs to happen overall. And I think, uh, you know, they definitely have a shot at five. And I, I think anything more than that would be gravy. But I, I, I wouldn't expect that. All right, last one, and I'll get you out of here. And you kind of just alluded to it. What do you think is a fair expectation for Rutgers this year? Yeah, I think uh, I, I think record-wise, yeah, I think uh, they need they need to get four wins. I think uh, you go four and eight and, and two and seven in the conference. You know, obviously it's not where you want to be, but I think it shows forward progress. I think aside from the record, I think you know not leaning by fifty plus points to the, the Big Ten's best, you know, would go a long way. You know, I think being more competitive in those games and and um, uh, w- w- would be a big uh, progress as well. I think both of those things really are tied together. But I think if we could see just a more complete team, uh, a more uh, unified team uh, in terms of the way the offense is, you know, with Kill, uh, we expect a lot better play calling. Um, I think last year there was just so much predictableness in the play calling and it was so frustrating. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I think and seeing a lot of the young talent develop, I think that it's an exciting prospect and I think it's key that you know uh, certain younger players get the experience this year to build up for that to be able to really set their sights on making major progress in 2018. If you want to check in on any of Rutgers progress this season and second year head coach Chris Ash as well as their week five matchup versus Ohio State check out on the banks.com for all of the Rutgers coverage you could ever want. And also be sure to follow them on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. And then if you want to follow any of Aaron's work on Twitter, you can do so by following him at Aaron underscore Brightman. We'll have links to all of that in the blog post so you can check out all their work. Aaron, thanks for joining the show. I really enjoyed this, and I feel like I caught a bug of positivity when it comes to Rutgers football, and I, I'm not even being dishonest. That That is the absolute truth. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. It was great talking to you guys. We, we didn't even get a chance to talk about Greg Schiano. I'm shocked. I, I'm glad we didn't, to be quite honest. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I, and best of luck this season. You guys obviously have a great shot, and, uh, you know, I think there's, there's a little bit of that Ohio State Rutgers connection with Ash and Schiano and, You know, I I, I hope that we can give you guys a better game this year. But thank you uh, for having me on, and uh, best of luck. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Take care. I wasn't even kidding. That got me fired up for Rutgers football. I might have a problem.
Big thanks once again to Aaron Brightman, the managing editor for OnTheBanks.com, for joining the show. Like I said, follow them on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation, and follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Brightman. We'll have links to all of their work in the blog post. Hope you all enjoyed the fifth episode of our 2017 opponent preview series. We're going to keep rolling with these two or three a week until the start of the season. So keep your podcast feed open. Go to soundcloud.com slash Land. And if you use Apple Podcasts, search The Hangout in the Holy Land. Find it there. Subscribe. Leave a review. Tell me what I can do to make this show better. And you can also do that by sending me a tweet at Dubsco. You can reach me there on Twitter with any questions or comments you have about the show. I'll be back later this week with another episode talking to Testudo Times about Maryland and where they stand in the Big Ten East heading into this season. Until then, though, I want to thank you all for listening to The Hangout in the Holy Land. My name is Colton Denning. The spot was good. And go Bucks.